Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Listen, I, I want to take uh, time today as we celebrate Father's Day and, and use the time we have to talk about the significance of dads, the significance of the role of fathers and the impact they make in our lives. Before we talk about that, would you take another moment and just pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you that we get to be your sons and your daughters. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. Bring us revelation and understanding. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Spirit of revelation and understanding, Lord, that we could know you more. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you, some of you know that my dad passed away really just a couple of months ago. He, he died just this past March. He got sick in December of 2020. He got COVID and ended up being in the hospital with COVID. He was in the hospital for about a week, so it really had a a strong effect on him. And even once they released him out of the hospital, he wasn't quite fully recovered. It took him a long time, literally, to be able to get back on his feet again. My mom had to take care of him at home, and it took a while even for him to be able to kind of get around on a walker, whether that was the effects of COVID or the effects of being hospitalized for a week. It just took a toll on him, and even after he didn't need the walker anymore, he just kind of shuffled uh, when he walked and never really fully regained his, his mobility. And so uh, my siblings and I, there's five of us kids, we talked, and my dad had been working up until that point. We said, you know, let's talk to our parents and see if we can convince them that dad should just quit his job, retire, sell the house, and just enjoy the season of life. Let us kids try to take care of them the best that we can. And so they agreed to that. So my dad never went back to work. They ended up selling their home in Ohio. And last spring, spring of 2021, my parents moved in with my sister in Pennsylvania and were living with her. And then in fall of 2021, so last fall, my dad had a stroke. And with the stroke, he lost the ability to use one of his arms and one of his legs, just one side he lost use of. And other than that, he he was doing really well. But because he couldn't move that arm and his leg, and it was too hard for my mom to move him around, he had to go and stay in a rehab center where they were going to try to get him to move his arm and his leg again. It was really just a, a nursing home. Um, and so that's where he was. And then this past March, my family and I were on vacation in Florida. We were staying down there and March 9th is my dad's birthday. So on my dad's birthday, I called him, talked to him, uh, asked him what he wanted for his birthday. I'm, I'm always bad about sending gifts late. And so I, I told him I was going to send him a cherry pie. Cherry pie was his favorite. I was going to order him a nice one and have it delivered to him. So I talked to him on his birthday, and then the next morning when they went in to check on him, they found him unresponsive. And I got a call letting me know they'd taken him from the nursing home or the rehab facility and took him to the hospital, and it seemed like he had stabilized. My mom called later in the day, and she said he was unconscious, but he was responsive in the sense that she could talk to him, and he would squeeze his hand, and sometimes he he would try to make sounds like he was trying to 
talk and it seemed like, you know, he was stable and was going to, to get better. And so they called and I was able to pray with him over the phone. And then when I said, All right, I love you, dad, I, I could hear him struggling and kind of mumbling something unconscious and through his oxygen mask, he was trying to tell me that he loved me. I didn't realize it at the time, but that, that would be the last time I ever heard my dad's voice as he was struggling to, to tell me that he loved me. That night, about four in the morning, my sister called and said, hey, we just got a call from the hospital that dad had stopped breathing and they had to intubate him. We're on our way to the hospital. We'll, we'll let you know when we get there. So you know, we're on vacation in the, in the place where we're staying. My family's all asleep and I'm up in the middle of the night and I'm got that call and I'm praying, praying for my dad. About an hour later, she called back and said, you know, the doctors were here and they said that all of his organs are, are shutting down. And she said, so uh, if you want, I'll, I'll hold the phone up to him if there's anything you'd like to say. And so when she said that, I wasn't even certain what she meant. His organs are shutting down. If you, you're going to hold the phone, do you mean like for me to say goodbye? Is that, is that what you're you know, asking me if I want, I want to do. So it's just kind of a crazy thing to try to take a moment and uh, sum up how thankful you are and all that you'd like to say in, in a, a moment. So I did my best to try to put a couple thoughts together and, and say goodbye to my dad. And after that phone call, I prayed for a little while more and then I tried to go back to bed. You know, we're on vacation and my family's still sleeping. I went and I laid in bed, but as I laid in bed, my mind was just so flooded with all kinds of memories and, and thoughts and stuff that I had no idea that was even in my memory, stuff that I probably had never thought about since the moment that it happened. Just amazing how much stuff is stored away in, in your mind, stuff from when I was a little kid, just, just all, all through just tons of, of memories. And I was able to fall asleep for just a couple of minutes as I was laying there. And when I fell asleep, I, I had a dream that I was here. It was a Sunday morning, and it was before or after a service, and people are mingling in the, the lobby the way that we do. And I was back in the cafe area talking to some of you. And as we were talking, my dad walked up. And I, in my dream, I still had like an awareness that I just said goodbye to him. And he walked up and he was smiling. I said, Dad, I was surprised to see him. Dad, I just, what are you doing here? I just said goodbye to you. And as I said that, I woke up and I, I got out of bed and I fixed a cup of coffee. And then my sister called and said, he, he just passed. As I was laying there that night in bed thinking and my, my mind was flooded with all of these memories, the best way I can describe it is it felt like my life was like a deck of cards and someone was, was thumbing through them or the way that you shuffle them and go through the entire deck and all the cards, you get a glimpse of them going by. It was like all these memories, my whole life, all of these memories. And I had this realization of the impact that my dad had had on me, that it was so much more profound and so much more thorough than anything that I had imagined. As much as I know dads are important, it was like as I was seeing my whole life kind of go by in this shuffling, going through all these memories, his influence, his impact was everywhere in the obvious areas and areas that, that I didn't think that he really influenced me. My dad's impact was woven all throughout my life. And I'm sharing that. I don't want to make this about me. I don't want to make it about my dad, but I just feel like I have a fresh appreciation and a fresh recognition 
of how incredibly deep and impactful and important the role of a father really is and how we need to appreciate it and embrace it and for us men to steward that mantle of appropriately. And it's not just me being sentimental or nostalgic about my dad. When you look at culture, you can see that so many problems in our culture can be traced back to fatherlessness. Men not fulfilling the role that God ordained them to fill in the family and in society. I'll share some statistics that back up what I'm saying. Dads are deeply, deeply important. And as the church, as the body of Christ, we need men that take that and own it and steward it well and are intentional and deliberate, not just about being the man of the house, but serving our families and being spiritual leaders the way that God has called us to lead our families and influence the people around us. So these statistics I'll share with you, you can see that when you take a father out of someone's life, almost everything negative, the, likely, the likelihood of that happening or taking place in someone's life goes through the roof. The positive things in someone's life, their, their likelihood begins to fall dramatically. Listen to some of these statistics. If someone does not have a dad involved in their life, they are five times more likely to commit suicide. If someone doesn't have a dad that's active and involved in their life, they're nine times, nine times more likely to drop out of high school. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are fatherless. 90%, that's, that's 32 times the national average, the impact of removing a father from someone's life. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders are fatherless. That's 20 times the national average. 80% of rapists, people with anger problems, come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%. You go to a prison with young people in it, 85% of them, you can just assume that they, their dad was not involved in their life. That's 20 times the national average. This is important. We could go on. There's lots of statistics that show this kind of thing, but you get the point. Dads, dads are incredibly important, and when you remove them, it does great harm to the children and to the household. It's important for us to understand this and to embrace it because we live in a culture that works very hard to minimize and to marginalize the role of godly men, manly men, strong male leaders in the household. You know, I, I was talking to one of my kids just within the last few days. They, they approached me and the conversation started by them saying, hey dad, you know how in movies and shows the dad is always the dumb one? They picked, hopefully the rest of the conversation, I don't even remember where they went from there. That's where my, my mind got captivated at first part. Hopefully the next statement wasn't, I find that to be true. I find that to be, I, but they, they picked up on it just by the movies that you watch, that the dad is always portrayed as the dope, as the one that you got to work around, as the one that creates the problem that the rest of the family has to solve. That, that's not just good storytelling. That's intentionally trying to create a, a theme, a narrative to, to push dads aside. Why? Because God has created the family to function in, in a certain way, and dads are to be the leaders in that family, and that we, we need to acknowledge it and embrace it and figure out how to create strong families that, with men that are leading the way that the Bible instructs us to lead. Yes. And if earthly fathers have that kind of profound impact, 
How much more having a heavenly father? How much more is that, that impact and that influence on our lives? And if you're here today and you don't have a real relationship with God, if you don't know him as your father, I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a few moments. I don't mean knowing him as a, a theological concept, not knowing him as a deity out there somewhere. I mean knowing him as a father. Because that's the relationship he wants to have with you. We'll give you that opportunity here in just a couple of moments. But dads are important. And their influence, they're, influ they're, they're created and ordained, anointed to have a specific area to lead and to have influence. Let me, let me share another statistic. When a child gets saved... They're the first one in their family to begin to get involved in church. That, that is a wonderful thing. We are for that. We just celebrated kids getting saved. That, 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 praise God for that. When a child gets saved, there is a 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will follow them into church, which is great. 3.5%. We'll take it. That's awesome. When the mother gets saved, and she's the one that gets involved in church, because she's more influential in the family, that that percentage goes up from 3.5% all the way up to 17%. There's a 17% chance that the rest of the family is going to follow her in her walk with the Lord and get involved in church. But if the dad gets saved and gets involved in church, it goes up to a 93% chance that the rest of the family will get involved in church and give their, give their hearts to the Lord. Moms, moms and dads don't have the same level of impact in this area. And it, it it's, doesn't mean moms should be discouraged and feel like they have no role of passing their faith on to their, to their children. But God has set things up that the husband slash father is to be the spiritual leader in the home. And some people don't like it. You can bristle against it, but that doesn't, doesn't change the fact that's the way that it works. That's the way that God has designed the family to work. And thank God for women and moms that have to shoulder the load, but that's not the ideal scenario or the way that is most effective to have a family. So people can push against it, and it's not even politically correct to say the man is supposed to be the leader of the home, but sometimes what's politically correct is biblically incorrect. And sometimes what's biblically incorrect is politically correct. And so we have to make up our mind if we want to live in line with a culture that's constantly changing or live our lives in the Word of God that is constant and steady and something you can build, build our lives upon. So we, we have different kinds of impact. And again, you, you don't have to like it, but it doesn't change the fact that that's the way that it is. It's like, it's like my vehicle. I might not like the fact that my vehicle runs on gasoline, especially right now. I could hate it. I could think that that's so narrow to only run on gas. What kind of vehicle? I, I, I wish my car could run on water. I wish it should be able to run on coffee. I mean, just gas. That's just one thing. I should be able to really, I should be able to put anything I want in that tank and it should run. I can think that way and I can pump whatever I want into that tank, but I'm a fool if I think that it's going to function the same way if I'm not putting what it was made to run on. And as stupid as that is, it's the same kind of stupidity that is harming families and convincing people they can set things up however they want expect them to run. God is the one that constructed the family. And in his wisdom and insight, he said he's going to ordain and anoint a father to be the leader of, of that family. And men, we've got to embrace that and own it and not try to shirk it off. To, that, that is, it, it's not a, just a privilege. It's a responsibility to be the leader of, of a household. 
Let, let me give you another statistic just to emphasize this, this role of a father. If a mom and dad both attend church regularly, they're both regular attenders, then the likelihood that their children, when their children become adults, the likelihood of them being regular church attenders is 33%, and the likelihood of them being irregular church attenders is 41%. So basically, three-quarters of them will be involved in church to some degree, and about 25% won't be involved in church, according to this study. But if the mom is a regular attender, and the dad is just somewhat involved, he's, he's an irregular attender. It's the only thing that you change. This study goes through other things. I'll just share this part of it with you. Instead of them both being regularly attending committed churchgoers, if the dad becomes irregular, the likelihood of those children being regular church attenders falls to 3%. If it's just mom, mom's regular, dad's, he just kind of hit and miss when it's convenient, when it's not his favorite hunting season or he's got a camping trip or whatever, then the likelihood of them being committed and involved falls 30% down to 3 down to 3%. Dads, you have an incredible responsibility to lead your family. And what you demonstrate, not just what you say is important, what you demonstrate as important, it's going to impact your children. They're going to see it as important. What you say, hey, it's just a matter of convenience when I can make it, you know, it's somewhat important. Your children will see that. Now, it's just for kids. It's not for grownups. It, it impacts the way that they're going to live their lives. You know, I, I know there's people that have the testimony of saying, well, it was just me and my mom growing up, and we, you know, we're serving the Lord, we're doing great. It was just me and grandma, and she got me to church, and we're, praise God for that. Th thank God for that, honestly. But we also have to understand, just because someone has made it through that, that it's not an effective means or just something we should set as, as a standard. There's a, a better way and a more effective way to reach people. It's like I heard a survival story, a story of a guy who was taking his boat around the world and his boat sank and he ended up in a rubber raft for 76 days adrift at sea and ended up in the, in the Caribbean somewhere. Well, he made it. He ended up in the Caribbean. Thank God for that. He was a survivor. He, he was okay. But that doesn't mean that's going to be my preferred method of travel if I ever want to go to the Caribbean. Right, So he's, he made it through, thank God for that, but that's, that's not going to be the standard of travel from now on if there's a, a much more effective way with a much greater survival rate. Amen? H having a dad in the home is not just having a second adult in the home. A lot of us dads don't even qualify as adults in the first place, but that's got to, besides the point. It's not just having another adult. Moms and dads have unique roles to fill. And a dad is supposed to be a spiritual leader. Now, there's things we celebrate about moms. This is not to diminish their role at all, but we're focusing on dads because it's Father's Day and they are ordained to be the leader of the home. And when you live in a culture that is working to try to equalize everything and make everyone the same, you can call yourself whatever, you can be whatever, you can structure things however, it's all equal. When you try to equalize everybody, you simultaneously remove the ability to emphasize unique characteristics, differences in strengths. And we are afraid of hurting someone's feelings by, by pointing out what's special about someone. You, you remove that from everyone. There are certain strengths, certain giftings that people have and the role of a husband, a father has unique characteristics and strengths that, that God has given them. And it's important for men to understand that because if we diminish it, if we say, hey, 
hey, it's just kind of whatever, then, then no one's going to own that role and step into those shoes and understand that I'm the leader of this home and there's a responsibility for me to make sure that my family's in church, my kids are being prayed over, I'm keeping nonsense out of this household, I'm monitoring what goes on, I'm responsible for it. That, that mantle is on my shoulders. If we just say everything's the same, it's going to diminish the likelihood that anyone ever owns the responsibility of being the man of the household, being a father. That there's different strengths. My, my wife can comfort and nurture much better than I can. It's not that I don't want to comfort and nurture, not that I can't comfort and nurture, but it just she's just better at it. Just, and it's not that she can't lead spiritually, but that's not her primary role in the household. And when we understand, men, that that's our, our responsibility, then we can't slack in that area and expect our wives to pick up the slack. We can't be spiritually lazy, expecting our wives to, to make up for our laziness. It's not going to be the same. I know there's a lot of women that struggle to do that, but it's not going to be as effective as if we fulfill the role that God has assigned us. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. As I kick around beard hairs that are now strewn all over the stage. Psalm 127. It's like we put an area rug down up here. Psalm 127, starting in verse 1. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, there's lots that we could pull out of that, that passage. Let me just highlight verse 4. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And then it says, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. So we're, we're given a picture of a man who has his quiver full, and the quiver is full of arrows, but children have been likened to arrows, right? So we're talking about a man who has children. So we're talking about a father, right? And that, that passage, that verse specifically, is talking about a father, a man with children. And it says that he's like a warrior, and the children are like an arrow in his hand. Now, if, if you've ever shot a bow and arrow, the person who is handling the arrow and the bow is responsible for the trajectory, for the direction of where that arrow ends up and the direction that it heads out, right? This is the picture that we're given, that a father is like a warrior and he's holding that child. He's responsible for launching that child in the proper direction. You know, there's a lot of aimless, directionless people in life. A lot of people just want, they don't even know why they're here. They don't know what, the, what their purpose is. 
They want purpose, but they don't have any. Do you know why that is? Because there's a lot of dads who, who handle their children and their parenting like someone who doesn't realize that they're the one launching these, launching these arrows. They don't understand. That's why it's important for us to talk about it and to understand, no, as a dad, I'm responsible for helping my child find the right direction in life, to help launch them, to determine the trajectory. Now, if you've ever shot a bow and arrow, you know there's some other factors involved. You've got gravity and you've got wind. Your arrow, once it's launched, can encounter other things that it deflects off of and can change the course. And life is like that. You can launch somebody in a direction, but there's other things that can redirect them or, or get them stuck or, or cause them to not be successful or put them on a, a better path. But as fathers, we need to understand we're responsible for helping, helping our children launch and get them pointed in the right direction. And the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. That's a responsibility. This is the way you're supposed to. Here's what matters in life. Here's what's valuable. Here's what you need to avoid in life. Here's the purpose I sense in you. Here's the gifts that I see in you. Someone to believe in them and encourage them and coach them along to set that course. That's what that passage says. For fathers, your children are like arrows and you're responsible to help get them launched in the right direction and set them up for success. I, I shared it earlier. My dad had so much more influence and impact on my life than what I initially realized. And it, it wasn't just the big, classic, impactful moments. Really, there's relatively few of those. Just everyday stuff. Just every day living along the stuff that he was consistent in. The stuff I got to observe, it, it wasn't, sometimes we relegate instilling values into our children, into those classic father-son, parent-child moments. I, I didn't have a whole lot of those with my dad. My dad never taught me how to shave because I never needed to learn how to shave, unfortunately. <laughs> I was almost at the altar fighting jealousy during the beard contest. I'm sure my dad would have loved to try to teach me to shave. It just was never necessary. <laughs> Poor guy was waiting for 44 years to have that moment with his son. Never got the opportunity. But it, was, it wasn't large moments that we sometimes think of. It was just everyday living and observing my dad's things that he told me, instilled in me, the things that I could see were, were valuable in his life just by watching him, him leading us in church, observing him praying, seeing that he always had a, a Bible in his hand or on his nightstand, catching him reading the word of God. I, he was having impact all throughout just the mundane, everyday moments of life, the way that he treated people, the way that he spoke to them, the values that I could see in, in his life. He was helping launch me in a direction, and you and I as men need to be intentional and deliberate about that role. You know, people, people need fathers in their lives. People are longing. They're longing for fathers, to have someone believe in them, encourage them, coach them, advise them, correct them. Help them get set off in the right course. How should I live my life? What direction? What things should I pursue? What, what do you think my life is supposed to be all about? Someone to believe a good dad wants to, to call out the best and raise someone up to help them reach their potential. There's a longing for that in people's hearts. And I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking in the hearts of even adults, people like us. There's a longing in so many people's hearts to have someone step into that role. Coach me. Help me reach my best. 
See potential in me. Guide me. Help me set a course. Get me back on course. Help me find purpose. What things should I pursue in my life? There's a longing for that. There's a longing to be fathered in the hearts of so many grown men and grown women. Let me read to you from Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. It says there's going to be a turning of hearts, a turning of hearts, that the father's hearts will be turned towards the children. And children's hearts will be turned towards the Father. I don't, I don't want to get into biblical analysis or, or, or debating what this verse is about. There's a, a lot of questions about what this verse applies to, who this verse is talking about, when this verse is talking about. And so I'm not, I'm not claiming a fulfillment of prophecy or anything like that. I'm just saying you can see from this verse that God is involved at turning the hearts of fathers and turning the hearts of children, and that it's pleasing to the Lord when uh, someone's heart is turned to the Father, to him ultimately, but to earthly fathers as well. There's a, a turning, turning of hearts, and I believe that that is happening. I've talked to so many people, again, gr grown men, grown women, that'll express a desire. I, I want someone in my life to coach me and, and help me and help me reach my potential, help me find direction, tell me where I'm wrong, bring correction. They want someone in their life that they can aspire to be like. Like Paul, when he told the Corinthian church, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ. People are hungry for that influence in their lives. It's not just something for kids. We need fathers. It's not just biological. There's also spiritual fathers that we need to have in our lives. And thank God for times where your biological father and your spiritual father can be one in the same. But one way or another, you need to have a spiritual father in your life. Pa Paul wrote to the, the churches he ministered to. Pa Paul didn't, the apostle Paul didn't have any biological children but he still referred to himself as a father and he referred to other people as being his children. First Timothy chapter, chapter one, verse two says this. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God, the father in Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace and mercy and peace. I'm writing to Timothy. My, he calls him my true son. This is my true son. He wasn't, the, he wasn't biologically the dad. You could have done a paternity test. But he considered him a son, and Timothy considered him a father. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15 says this, Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. So you, don't, you, don't, you might have a lot of people involved with your life. You don't have you don't have many fathers. So there's a role for having a spiritual father. Maybe you had a dad that's no longer around, or maybe you had a dad that just was not a great dad. You can still have somebody step into that role to help mentor, to see the best in you, to see the potential in you, to help you reach what God has designed you to reach, someone to bring correction and encouragement and guidance, someone that you can emulate, someone to mentor you and bring you under the wing. You can find that in the body of Christ. That's the way God, God wants things to be. And we've minimized that in the church. In the same way in the household, we've minimized the role of, of a, a father in the church, in a lot of ways, we've minimized the role of having spiritual fathers and allowing people 
to speak into our lives. A lot of times when you want a spiritual father, some people just want the encouragement. They just want the that boys and the pats on the back. And you're so great. I'm so thankful for you. But when it comes to some of the other things, they, they don't want it. They don't want the correction. They don't want the advice. They, re, they reject it. They just, they, they just want one aspect of it. I believe God's stirring a desire for, for fathers, which is wonderful. But if there's no one to help meet that need, it actually becomes a dangerous thing. When you've got people that begin to see, I need someone speaking into my life. I need someone to help me and coach me and encourage me. When that hunger is there, but there's no godly solution to it, then people are just vulnerable for anyone that'll speak in and begin to give direction. Anything they see on TV or anyone that's willing to come and give counsel, whether it's biblical or not. So along with one thing being stirred up, the hearts of children being turned, looking for, looking for fatherhood, looking for fathership. We need the hearts of men to rise up to help meet that need. We need to give place for spiritual fathers. You need to find someone that you allow, not just to encourage you and tell you how great you are, but you can get close to them and, and trust them. We need men that are willing to become fathers and fill that role and be godly examples, to give godly counsel, godly wisdom. People that you are a blessing to them if you say, follow me because you're following hard after Jesus. But in order to become a father, you first have to be a son. You first have to be submitted to someone. You first have to have someone in your life that you are listening to and being mentored by. That's the way God has set up the household and also the body of Christ to function. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.